the harvest and to our podcast. This morning, I'll be speaking on moving forward. Someone say moving forward. And my subtitle is, So Shall I Be With You. So Shall I. We are in great transition as a church. We are in great transition as individuals. And today I read to you from Joshua 1 and 9, and I'll go into several other verses after that. Have I not commanded you, says the Lord, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, I said the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 and 9. Joshua 1 and 5, before we pray, another verse 2. As I was with Moses, the Lord says to Joshua, this is important, so will I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Can you say amen? Deuteronomy 31, 8 through 9, moving forward, so shall he be with us. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then Isaiah 52 and 12, you will not be in a hurry when you go and move forward because the one who walks in front of you is the one who leads you and his name is the Lord and he is also your rear guard and I love the message Bible I read this yesterday and had to shout in my own study go in confidence and grace no rushing no frantic escape there's no need to be anxious the eternal one he goes before you and he comes behind you the God of Israel paves the way with assurance and strength and he watches your back can you say amen? Moving forward, so shall I be with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit, for who you are. My greater than Obi-Wan Kenobi, your little Luke Skywalker, showing up for duty. I'll get out of the way. You get in the way. Come in your power and your strength and speak to my brothers and sisters. I depend upon you, sir minister to us carry us as a church carry us as individuals these are exciting days but they are days of great transition so move among us and speak to us and let no one leave here today without knowing how valued they are in Jesus name and someone said amen amen look at your neighbor and say moving forward so shall he be with you. You can get really active this morning because it's a little chilly. We kept it on 70 and it's still chilly all weekend. Daniel 2 says, praise be to our God now and forever. Wisdom and power are his and he, someone say he, changes the times and the seasons. He changes the seasons. No one could have stopped winter from knocking on our door, but I'm going to tell you something. No one can stop spring or summer too. Can I get an amen? But this promise that God gave Joshua, he gives to every modern day Joshua in this room, which is everyone. The promise was, as I was in this stage, so I will be in this stage. The promise was predicated on who would be with Joshua. The I am will be with us. He says, have I not commanded you? Commanded, inherent in that means existing in that command. In the word he speaks is the power 
to bring it to pass. Did you hear what I said? Inherit in the command is the power to bring it to pass. When he says something in his words come the power. Joshua didn't have to look and you don't have to look today for your strength. You don't have to look today for your confidence. All you know he says to you, be strong, be courageous, take him at his word, speak his word, sing his word, and believe what he says he shall do. Can I get an amen? He says, so I will be with you. We don't often know in scripture what people are thinking, Devin, unless we know by what God says to them. And God says to Joshua, God saw the fear in his eyes. God heard his shaky bones as the transition was happening. But God was speaking to the heart and to the mind of him. God knows that often you and I face tasks that are beyond our ability. Can I get an amen from a Joshua in this room? The kind of fear that is experienced when you're facing a task beyond your ability. But he honors you by saying, so will I be with you. Be bold, be brave, be courageous. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. I'm trying to pace myself, but I'll lose control in a moment, okay? So first time I ever shared my testimony was in Montgomery, Alabama. Marcus Lamb had said to me, we all sold Herbalife. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But we all got into selling Herbalife. Joni and I were skinny as toothpicks, but we were taking all that Herbalife like idiots. But at any rate, we were at a meeting and Marcus stopped me in the hallway of a hotel down in Montgomery. And he said, you know, Rhonda, Marilyn Hickey had to get her start somewhere. So do you. He said, maybe you should consider these revivals that Hank is doing. You could meet with the women in the morning and speak to them. And you, you're going to have to start somewhere. He always saw God's greatness in me, and I'm thankful for that. So my first time was in Montgomery at the Church of God. And in a morning service, the pastor's wife invited women. The night before, I must have driven my husband mad because I slept with the Bible on my chest all night. I was so scared. I was scared. I was so afraid. I'd been on stages my whole life for the kingdom and some in the world through some honors, etc. But at any rate, I was so scared. There was something about me getting up to share how God had crossed the Red Sea in my life. There was a fear that if I told it, you ever been there? If I began to share it, what would happen? If people could begin to look inside of the very pain and the torment I lived in and then know how he delivered me, maybe something terrible would happen to me. So all night I slept with that Bible on my chest praying, driving my husband crazy. I went into that sanctuary that said a thousand. There was probably 22 women there that morning but to me it was 3,000 people anybody with me anytime I get up in front of anybody I feel that way 10,000 in Puerto Rico didn't really bother me but two people in a room sometimes will freak me out but I got up and I shared my testimony and I just knew there was millions there and but I sensed the power of the father and the son and the holy spirit there was a balcony and I remembered somehow the spirit kept whispering we're watching you we're with you we're watching you. We're with you. I was so scared. And I told my testimony. I cried through most of it. Told of my healing, my personal restoration. And then at the end, back in that day, I sang with a soundtrack, a little cassette tape that we used to use back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. 
And I sang, uh, we are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. Let us. We are standing in his presence on holy ground. Cheryl, I couldn't look at the people, so I kept my eyes shut the whole time I sang, and I could feel his power, and I thought something's happening in the room because, you know, you, you shut your eyes and you do this. You can tell that something's moving, and things were just moving back and forth. I thought, I don't know what they're doing. Maybe I'll be leaving. When I get done and I open my eyes, the room will be vacant. The 1,000-seat sanctuary that held maybe 23 women that looked like 3,000 to me, they're all gone, and I'm having my own holy ground experience. I didn't know. I didn't know, but anyway, I opened my eyes. They were still there. No one had even moved. And later that night, we got back to the pastor's house because you stayed with the pastors back in that day. Mama Joyce, you remember those days? I told the pastor's wife, I said, what were they doing? They all sat back down. She said, honey, nobody was moving during your song. Nothing but the glory. And the spirit of the Lord whispered in my ear, those were angels walking in front of you because you trusted in me and not in the arm of your flesh because you put your dependence in me that song became so precious to me the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty and I will say to you today what I learned that day the Lord our God in the midst of us is mighty we are never alone we are never without his power we are never without his courage he does for us what no other man could do give him praise in this house and he says to you be strong be brave word is starting to spread about our new location I ran into Judy Jacobs my friend who traveled with us for many years we were evangelists and at a place we both go to be alone but we ended up being with each other and and she's like, oh, my word, I've heard. And she was just jumping up down there. Everybody was looking at us. I thought, she's going to somersault. One of us is going to lay each other out right here. And we're just talking and going on. And she was so excited. Pastors are calling me, and people are hearing, and they're so excited. But it is transition for us. It is exciting. It is thrilling. But it is transition. But God says to Church of the Harvest, as I was with you at 3900 Atkinson Drive, so shall I be with you hallelujah at 3340 Paul Huff Parkway as I was here so shall I be there and even greater things shall be done somebody bless him somebody praise him in this house somebody give him a shout of hallelujah be strong be brave be courageous modern day Joshua's let me say to you as individuals when starting an orphanage in Haiti would be better than clocking in when traveling overseas into an unknown nation would be easier to you than doing the Monday through Friday thing and all your responsibilities I want you to know modern day Joshua's God says so as I was with Moses so shall I be with you God wants to give you a dose of God confidence 
confidence this morning. Confidence that says Joshua's name was born Hosea, but Moses changed it to Joshua in Numbers 13 because Hosea meant salvation. But Moses was wise enough to know, don't ever think you're the one that turns the water into wine. Don't ever think you're a struggling magician trying to pull a bunny out of the hat and the next miracle. Joshua means the Lord alone is salvation. And today he is our salvation. Somebody praise him. He gives you confidence through Proverbs 3 and 26. For I, the Lord, will be your confidence and keep your foot from being snared. Jeremiah 17 and 7. Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord, who puts their confidence in him. Philippians 1, 6, a familiar one, being confident of this very thing. He who began a good work in you shall complete it. Hebrews 10 and 35. Do not throw away your confidence. And Hebrews 13, 6. The Lord has said, so I can say. The Lord has said, I am bold. The Lord has said I am courageous. So I will agree with the Lord so we can boldly say the Lord is my helper. What should I fear? Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Two things we're looking at this morning. The next will be next week. Miraculous intervention and friendship care and love both are powerful you see this church is called like Joshua to take people in Joshua is called to take people into the promised land Moses brought them out of Egypt we'll do both we'll bring them out and take them into a life of faith into understanding into discipleship in Jesus Christ into knowing him serving him into fitting into a local body it's God's glory how he showcases each one of us. Let me say to you, brothers and sisters, and those that are uh, trying to figure out what God has called them to do. Years ago, I settled it with the Lord. He said, you are my ambassador. And he took me to the New Testament. An ambassador, he said, you are God's ambassador. Christ is making his appeal through you. I don't have to worry about a title. I don't have to worry about an office. I don't have to worry when I get a hundred and y'all put me in a wheelchair at the back of the church. I don't have to worry in that moment because you can be God's ambassador wherever you go. You can let him, modern Joshua, make his appeal through you. Can you say amen? When we landed here, God kept this property. He went ahead of us. He secured 3,900 Atkinson. He drove back people. Kelly and Denise were trying to come this morning, but they couldn't get out of their driveway. But he told in that time, in that season, we almost lost this property. And Denise called us and said, they're trying to outbid you for Atkinson Drive. And we went into our prayer chamber. We began to pray. We were ministering in Hawaii. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. We began to pray but God held this property because he went ahead of us. We are moving geographically to a higher little bit elevation but I want to tell you the sovereign Lord is our strength. He makes our feet like the feet of the deer. He enables us to go on highs. As we began to bring excellence and other things the Lord God as he was with us here so shall he be with us there. Give him a praise. Who is with 
with us. There is nothing about our Heavenly Father that is ordinary, mediocre, average, or normal. He can do what no one else can do. He can move what no one else can move. He can accomplish what no one else can accomplish. As we used to sing, He is that bridge over troubled waters. He is that doctor in the sick room. He is that lawyer in the courtroom. He is that lily in the valley. He is that wheel in the middle of the wheel. He is the Son of Man and He is the Son of God. And Malachi said to those who believe, He will rise the Son of Righteousness with healing in His wings. Somebody praise Him. He is sovereign, supreme power and authority. There are many other powers in the land, but He is superior. They might have a say in your life. They might have a temporary say about you, but they're not sovereign. The difference between them and God is God has the last say. Can I get an amen? He is sovereign to overrule. He is a mighty to override things in our existence. One thing I know you and I are here today only because God overruled some things in our life. You and I are here today if the enemy had had its way, if life had had its way, if circumstances had had its way, there is no way you and I would be here. My misery, he would he overruled our misery. He would not let let us stay down when we fell down because we've all fallen down. He said, misery, you're not the boss of my people. Misery, you have no authority here. Misery, you do not have the final word. And he overruled every dark space and redeemed us. Some give him praise this morning. He overruled our mistakes and redeemed us from destruction. And he said to our mistakes, you don't have the final say. Oh, we've got trendsetters on Instagram, trendsetters on Facebook, trendsetters for the Stanley Cup. We've got trendsetters, but God is not a trendsetter. He is a trend breaker. He breaks trends with his miracle working power and brings situation out of nothing. He interrupts and changes the direction. He changes the trajectory. He orchestrates miracles. He makes something happen that couldn't make happen. If you've never seen a miracle and you're cynical this morning, turn to your left and to your right because sitting next to you is a miracle of the most high God. They shouldn't have survived. They shouldn't still be here. They should still be breathing oh somebody praise him we may not have been dead physically but we were dead without joy dead without peace in our grave clothes without hope dead without faith we were dead but he and he alone raised us up back to life again so I'm saying to you you've got a miracle on the left and a miracle on the right and God's not finished with either one of those people it's minor to him it's no strain to him it's no struggle to him because he is with you somebody give him a shout of praise and he said to Joshua, and he says to you and I, be strong, be courageous. Don't be afraid. I'm with you wherever you go. I am with you. And as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Miracles. But we've got to speak his word till our heart starts changing. I was on the greenway. I didn't have any accidents this week. I drove from Wednesday on. I might have driven a little bit on Monday, but no one was supposed to know about that. But anyway. 
Um, I just like to get out there. I was married to a real go-getter. And, uh, but the greenway was icy. And the bridges were icy. And it was me and about three other pilgrims I met at different times. But uh, I had the worship going. I was a little bit in a funk. You ever been in a funk? You know, we get real around here. Come on now. And I was in a funk. And I was listening to my worship music. And I just started singing my song till the walls come tumbling down. And there was that thought, who's behind you? I mean, every Sunday morning, I think, Rhonda, calm down. Calm down. Do not go pacing back and forth during praise and worship. Stay in your seat, girl. But I can't help myself. When the praise comes, I've got to move. And I'm pretty much that way at a concert, even secularly. When music starts, there's something in me that cannot stop. I was born to a musician. She was born to a musician. And it just comes that way. But I began to just sing. You know, you got earbuds on your way off tune. You know you are. And I'm singing and praising until I hit the bridge. And when I hit the bridge, I thought, we're either going to do cartwheels. We're going to do somersaults. We're going to bust our backside. We're going to do something. Then I started the little old woman Pentecostal. Go slow. Go slow. Watch the ice sing. Go slow. Go slow slow go slow watch the ice and go slow and then when I got past the slow go slow watch the ice and go slow I'm making this up as I go at any rate after I got past that and I got to where I could go fast again I begin to declare you are worthy I'm gonna worship till I mean every word I'm gonna preach to my soul until my soul gets it I'm gonna praise you in the breaking and praise you in the blessing and even though I can't see it I'm gonna to keep believing it you and I have got to sing and praise to our souls until our souls get in line with the word of God somebody praise him look at your neighbor and say she's not going to calm down not till the end so he will be with us at 340 Paul Huff Parkway how will he be with us as he's been with us here We've been a church family fellowship. We've had community. We helped a family get here this morning and as part of our fellowship. And they said, this is too much. I said, no, this is family. Several, several families work together to get them here. We're going to have that at 340 Park, Paul F. Parkway. Uh, we will grow. I don't know when or how. Some of it be incremental. There may be some few spots that accelerated. But I know this. We're going to continue to be a church family. We're going to worship there like we worshiped here. In the early days, some of us will tell you, we sang, blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Boom, boom. They rush on the city. Okay, sorry. We say, <laughs> yeah, hell, hell. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're, doing a, we're doing a flashback. Tim's throwing me words here. So the songs we sang then, we've gone through many seasons of singing different songs, but we're going to be known as an authentic worshiping church there. It's a beautiful building, but the same whosoever's will be inside there. Come on. So will he be with us. The word has been preached at 3900 Atkinson Drive. The word has been preached to evangelists, prophets, pastors, teachers, and apostles. And the word has set people free. And the word will be preached at 340 Paul Huff Parkway. And the word will bring truth. And the truth will set people free. So as he was with us here, so will he be with us then. Can I get an amen? 
miracles and the salvations that have happened here. I don't know the first person. I know Sonia was one of those first ones at Faith Memorial. I'm not coming for you, Sonia. Be, be peace. But I don't know who walked down the aisle the first time this in this house because we were at two other locations and came to where the altar was over there I don't know who the first person was but I know this and I say this in 32 years with some conservative ideas in my mind I know this it might have been thousands it was hundreds that walked the aisle and came to know Jesus Christ and I will tell you so shall it be at 340 Paul Huff Parkway right now God is preparing some prodigals. He's getting their GPS in mind. He's already getting ways to get them to Paul Huff Parkway. He's already got a route away in the wilderness, away in the desert. He's already made a way where there is no way. So shall he be with us. Souls shall be saved. Hallelujah. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those miracles of marriages, physical healings that have happened here. Several I'd plan to say, but I can't. That have happened in this house. Legitimate. One death from life of a baby that drowned. You remember that? A girl that died from a car accident and she was resurrected emotional healings. Life had been torn apart by the enemy's devices. Those who were intimidated and pushed back and lost their strength and lost their desire to live again. But in this house they found healing and they found miracles. That same miraculous working power is going to be at 340 Paul Huff Parkway. As he was with us here, so shall he be with us there. Give him a praise this morning. The wounded ministers that have come into this house, some of you don't know that. Some move their whole families here, shattered by tragedy, cast aside by others, given up. Some senior pastors, associate pastors, music pastors, evangelists. Unredeemable was what was put on their chest by the religious crowd, but they were drawn in here to this house from our headship, from someone who said, it is not over yet. Your life is redeemable God is not done with you somebody give him a shout of praise and in this house we poured the oil and the wine into their wounds and through our worship and even as a good Samaritan we paid their bill and all of them left this place learning to fly again learning to soar again they went back into the hedges and the highways and compelled others and poured the oil and the wine into others and raised up a generation to rebuild the cities that's your our harvest give Jesus praise hallelujah so shall it be at 340 Paul Huff Parkway the outreaches that we've had here the food pantry at one time you drove around the back on Wednesday and there was a crew that get clothes closet and food we hope to rebuild that once we get to our permanent place I remember one family especially they told me about it, but I, I saw them on the other side but they were dignified people, but they lost their jobs and they didn't have food. They felt very embarrassed about it. We, they always said, no, we, we're here to help you. We've all been here. What I think was so beautiful about mm, maybe, maybe two months later, I was in the lobby before a Wednesday night 
And these people came in just carrying bags of groceries. I don't know if anyone remembers this. Bags and bags. Susan probably does. And they put him, this man put him in the corner in the lobby, dressed up, dignified looking. And he looked at me and he said, you your church took care of me when I hit the lowest part of my life and I couldn't feed my own family. This is to invest in your food pantry. You kept us going. Now we want to keep others going. We as Church of the Harvest, come on, give God a shout of praise. That's your harvest. We want to return dignity through our recovery programs, through Queen for a Day, through Esther, through our men's outreach, outreaches, the salvations and the restorations and the glory that was returned to people at this address when we reminded them hey 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 it's okay we've all been there before this is a temporary place it is not permanent we're going to lift you up into the dignity of God until you see how loved and adored you are by the most high God and then you will see that God is with you as he did that here so shall he be with us there somebody give him a shout of praise to all those from addiction, men, men and men and men, and so many men that came into this place because of Pastor Hank's testimony. Countless, countless women that came through Women of Hope and others, and they found a place here where their records could be cleaned up, where we would give them a job or we would manipulate a business owner to give them a job. We would help them step by step clear their record until they could hold up their head high and they could say, I am a child of God. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drug addict. I'm a son or a daughter of the Most High God. As it was here, so shall it be there. Somebody praise Him. Somebody give Him a shout of praise. You're exhausting me, Pastor. Well, good. Well, good. I'm exhausting myself, brothers and sisters. So you say to yourself, when you go up to that big white building, you go and you see Dottie, that blue carpet. When you see me and the praise and worship team on a wooden stage that's higher than this. And you see all the lights. And you say, I don't know what to do. <laughs> this looks different. You say to yourself, as he was with us at Atkinson Drive, so shall he be with us at 340 Paul Love Park and you say to yourself another time it'll come trust me I'm a mama pastor I know these things it'll come you'll be excited and you're like I just want I just want to see that black and blue up there back there I just I just I just I, just, I want to see rain falling on my head <laughs> I just miss it so much when the enemy tries to tell you, you know, we're going on ground that is highly anointed. That's what everyone sent me a message. You know how highly anointed and prayed for. There's already people on Thursday night praying for us there. When you see it, you say to yourself, as he was with us here, so shall he be with us there. So many things will be different, but what will be the same before I come to you, you will be the same. When you look around and you see your brothers and sisters saying, hallelujah. When you see Pastor Ron, I think, oh, I thought she wasn't going to pay, so we got over here, and there she goes. It'll look familiar to you. 
when you hear the worship going around you, you will be reminded that we are the church. We are harvest. We are the church of the whosoever. So when this tribe lifts up and moves inside that building, it is you and I that will be familiar to each other. So remind yourself and remind your mind as he was with us there, so shall he be with us here. I will not be afraid. I will not be discouraged. I've got my brothers and sisters, my whole family with me and I'm not going to be afraid for greater things are still to come. Greater things to come to this city. Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Now let me tell you this. Moses God said to Joshua, and God says to you, modern day Joshua, as I was with him, so shall I be with you. God was with him in miracles. A basket of salvation saved him. Across the Nile, crossing the Red Sea was not the first time that Moses had crossed a river. He crossed the Nile. He was hidden for a season, and here's a freedom nugget for someone. You may feel like you're kind of hidden from what you feel like you are intended initially or eventually to do. Stay faithful. He was hidden for many years in his elder life and as a baby he was hidden till he could be hidden no longer. Be encouraged that God is working. Look at your neighbor and say God is working. But he crossed that Nile by the grace and the miraculous intervention of God. Uh, Lance Wallenau, who is a friend of mine, believe it or not, we did a Joni show, and then Joni had a meeting, so he and I and another woman from the Joni show, Cindy Murdoch, we had about a two-hour lunch. I have his phone number. I have never called him. Somebody said, call myself calling him but at any rate I respect people but at any rate we sat and talked for a long time he's he's a character he'll be at the prophetic summit I've already registered for that he's awesome but at any rate he started telling stories and one of them was about one of his students that was the first winner of the apprentice when Donald Trump had it before he became our 45th president leave that alone um but at any rate moving on she said, um, she's one of his students, and said she was up against some students from Dartmouth and Harvard and Yale, Dartmouth, I can't think that's the way you say it, but she was just from state college, and they sabotaged her. They wouldn't work with her. They got in trouble with Mr. Trump because he said, if you're going to sabotage someone, that means you're going to sabotage them in my company, and I can't have you in my company. But she said, Lance said, well, how did you win? They sabotaged you. They kept doing fast things all around you. Said, God must have made you faster than them. She said, no, in my experience, I thought this was so powerful, not necessarily. I, could, I couldn't go any faster. I didn't have the intelligence. I didn't have the ability. I didn't have the talent. He didn't speed me up to make me faster. He slowed my enemies down. Come on, someone. He slowed my enemies down. You see, it, that's the way he was with Moses, and that's the way he is with you and I. If God can't make you faster, if you're saying, I'm doing all I can, I'm, I'm being all that I can be, I'm laboring for all I can labor, God says to you, you know what? I'm going to slow the things down because he owns time that are coming around you. You see, they were carrying across the Red Sea. That's where it comes from. Their belongings. In one night, God restored 400 years of loss. Can someone say amen? man. In one night, God restored them, and they're carrying all their baggage. They're carrying all their stuff, and all of a sudden, Egypt is coming behind them with chariots, and here they are on foot, carrying everything they had. There was no way they could outrun them, and I believe sometimes you and I feel like, God, I'm doing the best I can. This is heavy, what I'm carrying. This is a bit much. Lord, I don't know what to do, and God did the unthinkable. God did 
created the unimaginable, he did a quantum leap and he made the wheels of Pharaoh's chariots fall off and they could not pursue and they were drowned. I'm here to tell you as God was with Moses, so shall he be with you and I. He can give us quantum leaps and he can slow down our enemies. Somebody give him a praise in this house. Come on. Come on, somebody give him. Come and help me, musicians. I'm not quite done, but we'll set this pace. Most of the growth that we experience as a church, here and there, has been incremental in steps. More on that next week. Most of our enemies are destroyed incrementally. But there's also exponential things that God does. God does exponential things, which means he takes the things he makes up for lost time. He takes the times that we thought we messed up a season in our life and we feel like we're too old to make anything happen or we lost time or we're behind schedule or we mismanaged previous seasons and we feel like that it is impossible. We've all been here. It's impossible to reach, to reach the redemptive potential that God has called for us to be and we get discouraged. God, the Bible says, orders our steps, but he also orders suddenlies. Can I get an amen? He also orders things that move fast. So as things are happening in steps, God also does things big. And what he's asking us to do and what he's asking us to believe is to stay flexible. Look at your neighbor and say, stay flexible. Stay flexible. I want God's will and I'll let him determine the way. Can I get an amen? I'm going to remain flexible. I'm not going to be like Nahum and remove or Naaman and remove what God wants to do in my life because I couldn't see the remedy in one simple change. You see, God can do it, but we're going to let him determine it. All through scripture, God healed different ways. We're talking about miracle power, and we're going to end in a moment with the last point. Some got healed because they touched Jesus. Others got healed because Jesus touched them. But I can show you places that Jesus never touched anybody. And the woman with the issue of blood, don't miss it. She touched what was touching him. She touched the hem of his garment. She touched what was touching him. I'm going to tell you something. You need a miracle when you come into the house and worship or at home, but especially in worship when you're building a corporate anointing. Get involved in worship because worship touches God. Connect to what touches him. You need a miracle when we're praying for needs. I don't know what to pray, Pastor Rhonda. Close your eyes and say it in your mind. But when you begin to touch prayer, you touch what is touching him and you get his attention when you touch what is touching him. You say, I need a miracle? Then serve. Serve in the house of the Lord. Serve in your own house. Jesus keeps his eyes on servants. You need a miracle? Touch what is touching him. Can I get an amen in the house this morning? Incremental miracles God gave Moses step by step. But then exponential. The Lord is saying, there's some exponential 
miracles coming as well. Five chapters of Abraham's life was absolutely boring and mundane and nothing happened. But then with one turn of the page, the promised child came on the scene. Joseph was going in reverse um, direction from his destiny for 16 years. But in just enough time to shave and take a shower, he was at the right hand of Pharaoh exponential. Jesus was in obscurity for 30 years. Only one witness that we know of in the Word, many other things not written about him that would fill the books of the universe and more. But he did not appear until he was 30. But in three years, he became known as the Savior of the world. I want to give Jesus praise this morning that we're going to see some incremental miracles and incremental growth in that day by day, that week by week, that month by month. But I also believe that there's going to be some exponential, when especially has to do with the prodigals, especially has to do with a whosoever, where God is going to say, you've been praying in increments for so long. Long, but I'm going to part the sea exponentially and you will see what I the Lord will do if you believe it give him a shout of praise in this house I have slowed this message down on purpose for my last point I built you up I want to slow you down because I want to say to you all of this the way God was with Moses and more next week, the way that the Lord is with you, modern day Joshua's, wherever you've been called, is powerful. But one of the most powerful things was the friendship that Moses had with God. Exodus 33 and 11 says, God spoke with Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. As I was with Moses, so shall I. I will never leave you or forsake you, says the Lord. I think this morning, in this final few moments that I have, I want to share with you one of the greatest things in the way that we learn that God is with us. We need to recognize again the love of God and the kindness of God. Can I get an amen? We need to recognize and walk with because only I can become who I am to the degree and to the revelation and to the knowledge of that which I ascertain and I apply and I understand of his love for me. The same goes with you. You must believe this morning as he was with Moses, so he is with you. He wants intimate friendship. You must believe that Jesus is for you and he's not ashamed of you. He likes you. You must have a course correction. We must be adjusted often from our Christology theology, which often is so wrong. And we start to view ourselves in light of era of theology and era of understanding. I know God and I know Jesus to be just and holy and righteous. But I also know, and it does not take away from that, that he is kind. He is forgiving. He is good. He is merciful. He is compassionate. Passionate. He is long-suffering. He is altogether lovely. He is worthy of our worship this morning. Someone praise him for just a second. Hallelujah. Yes, you are, King Jesus. Yes, you are. Mark 15 is a moment that recaptures someone captured by the kindness of Jesus. In Mark 15, 33, it says, And in the sixth hour, as darkness covered the entire land. And then when the ninth hour had come, at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, 
Ile lima sabakana. Which meant, my God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This morning, I want to tell you, as I give witness to this, to someone who stood there, that he was forsaken by God, so you will never be forsaken by God. God turned away from his only son upon Calvary because your sin and my sin was upon him. And even in that moment, Jesus chose to die for you and for me, knowing every sin we would ever sin, knowing every failure we would ever fail, knowing every mistake we would ever make, knowing that we would betray him, we would turn away from him, we wouldn't be who others thought we should be but in that moment he chose to take the cross the lamb was chosen before the foundation of the world and God turned his back and Jesus did it all so today in 2024 Rhonda Davis will never be forsaken as long as she puts her trust in Jesus and neither will you somebody give him a praise the world needs to see thank you the world needs to see a church that presents a holy and a just God but also a kind God a loving God that will wash the feet of the homeless that will tell an addict I see who you can be who will tell a wounded minister you will fly again the church does not need to see the world does not need to see a church full of religion that will not allow the smelly the the compromised the disenfranchised those who are wounded to come in we are the whosoever and we say we open wide our doors come on in somebody praise him and in that moment that Jesus said that they went and got sour wine it's called something else and put it to his lips and they said maybe he's calling Elijah but then Jesus yelled out till die it is finished it is paid it is complete and when he did, that curtain in the temple tore in two where the priest had made it so you could not get into the presence of God. As God was with Moses, so is he with you. We'll touch on that next week. His presence will never leave you. Can I get an amen? And there was a centurion who stood there facing him. And the centurion looked upon him and said, Truly, this man is the Son of God. He was the first one to call him the son of God. He had been called the Christ. He had been called the Messiah. But it was in Centurion. Interestingly enough, a Centurion didn't go to a big modern school. He went to a state school. He had to work his way up through the ranks. And he was there simply to um, supervise the crucifixion, dotting of the, T, the uh, dotting of the I, the crossing of the T. In his pocket, he carried coinage that said, Hail Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. He was put in charge of divine, of carrying divine Caesar's roll out. But when he saw Jesus, he did not watch him walk on the water. He did not watch him heal a leper. He didn't see him hang out with a sinner. 
But when he saw that compassion, that mercy that he knew was unjustly being put by him, he was undone by a king who would lay down his scepter and lay down his life and would wash people's feet with a dirty towel. And he said, this has to be the king. This has to be the son of the living God. Somebody praise him. I'm almost done. Come on, give him the best praise. Jesus, we see your kindness. Jesus, we see your mercy. Jesus, we see your long-suffering. King of glory, Lord, strong and mighty. We see your grace and your mighty power. And we worship you, O King of all. We know today we stand tall by your grace. There is nothing coming from behind us that shall resist us. Hallelujah. Nothing before us that shall slow us down. We see you, King Jesus, in all your glory, all your power. Oh, your might in this very hour, you are present. You are present. We welcome you, King of glory, Lord strong and mighty. In this place, you are welcomed here. You are welcomed here. To the King who laid down his scepter, who laid down his life, who washed feet with his words, washed feet with his life. We say hail King Jesus, hail King Jesus, you are mighty. Just stand all over the place and lift up hands of worship. I got one illustration, but go ahead, just stand if you can. Lift up hands and worship him. Hail to you King Jesus. I see your kindness, I see your mercy, I see your goodness, Son of God. Son of man, I see your boldness, I see your authority, I see the healing that's in your hands, and I will not be shaken, we say as a people, I will not be moved, we say as a people, but only moved by you, only moved by you, we will not be daunted, but with undaunted courage, we will stand and proclaim your name to a hurting world. We see you, Jesus. We see you, Jesus. Just go ahead and lift your hands and worship him in your own way right now. Just take a moment. Just say, I love you, Jesus. I see you, Jesus. I see your mercy. I see your compassion. I see your goodness. I see you, King Jesus. Faithful one. Mighty one, glorious one, line of the tribe of Judah. I see you. I see you. And help me, Lord, when I can't see you. Open my blinded eyes and allow me to see you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And just keep doing whatever you're doing where you are if you're in the altars. But I want to tell you something the Lord, the Lord gave me, and I believe it will minister to you. I think it's important. Lisa Harper is a well-known, very public speaker with a great sense of humor. I know her through Joni. 
She probably knows of me, but that doesn't matter. But she adopted a little four-year-old girl from Haiti named Missy. And they told her when they took her home, they said, and this is about the love of God. They said, Lisa, you're going to have to find a way, a creative way to tell her that you love her. She has been beaten. She's not had a mom. She's not had a dad. She's had malnutrition. You can see it in her hair. You can see it on her feet. You're going to have to get creative because saying, I love you, Missy, is not going to work. I want to tell you, we have a creative God that when we can't receive, I love you, he'll find a way. Come on, somebody. In April 2014, she brought little Missy home, and she asked the Lord for an idea. And so every night, Devin, you'll love this, she rubbed Missy's feet with lotion in their pajamas laying on the bed parallel to each other. And she'd say to Missy, you tre brave, in her native tongue, you are so brave. Then she'd say, you tre belle, you are so beautiful. Then she'd say, you tre intelligente, you're so intelligent. Oh, Missy, you're so brave. You, you stuck it out in Haiti when you had nothing, and here you are. You're so beautiful. Her teeth were completely blackened. Her hair was gone. She had many medical issues, but she kept saying to her, you are beautiful. You are intelligent. I'm so thankful for the kindness of Christ at the lowest moments of my life that only he and I know. When others gave up on me, he said, Rhonda, you are so brave. You are so courageous. And he says it over you, sons and daughters of the Most High God. He says it over you in a way that you can comprehend. He says it in a way no one had ever told her that she was beautiful or brave. No one had ever taught her how to read or write. She kept Lisa saying, you tre bra, you're so brave. You tre bad, you're so beautiful. You tre intelligente, you're so intelligent. And at first, at first, Missy couldn't even look at her in the face. The second week, she would barely glance that way and look away. The third week, she started to make eye contact. The fourth week, she would look a little longer. And then Lisa said to her, Juan Riminda, which means Mama loves you. Mama loves Missy. Jesus loves Missy. After 30 days, one night, little Missy said, Mama, in form of a question, love Missy? In form of a question, yes, baby. I know this is getting you, Gail. It's getting me too. Baby, I love you more than you can imagine more than I can articulate. It reminds me of moments that I just say, God, I'm not worthy. You still love me. You still choose me. Yes, Rhonda. God loves you. Yes, Michael. Yes, Sonia. God loves you. And in that moment, she got it in Lisa Harper's hilarious. And she said, I got a big fold. You like this, Tina? In my belly. She said, I went to Chick-fil-A and I thought because they were Christians, I wouldn't gain weight. But I gained a lot of weight. She said, I got a big fold in the middle of my belly. And one night laying in our pajamas on that bed, little Missy took her 10 toes and she stuck them right into that fold of her mama's belly. And she said, Mama, love Missy. 
Mama Love Missy. This is Missy and Lisa before I finish this thought. Today, you can see what love does. You can see what the unconditional love of God does as they bring up the picture. There's Missy today. Give God glory and praise. That's what the unconditional love of God does that says you are brave. You are intelligent. You are beautiful. I'm going to tell you today, our King Jesus is completely kind, completely compassionate. He has set His favor on us and He will continually be with you in friendship by saying, I still choose you. I knew everything about you and I chose you anyway. He loves you. Be bold. Be strong. For the Lord is with you as He was with Moses. Joshua's so is He with you. Somebody give Him a praise and I'm done. Somebody give Him a praise. Somebody give Him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's 11 minutes after 12. Leave it to me. It's all right. It's all right. Perry would have gone longer. <laughs> Just kidding. He's with you. We'll go more into next week of every place He tells you to walk. He's going to give you in His presence and His provision. But He's with you in miracle power. If you need God to touch a situation in your life right now and you just want to come and stand in the altars, would you come? If you need to be reminded this morning, maybe you have forgotten the kindness of God and you want to be reminded of His love and grace. You need to be reminded of who He says you are. Would you come to these altars? Would you come? God bless you as you come this morning friendship and miraculous power you can't go wrong either way oh praise you jesus praise you jesus i'm going to ask the rest of the church that can come and stand behind these just form a wall around these while we pray quickly we want to pray for all of these corporately but would you come church come and just form a line behind them we want to pray we want to pray for everything that's needed this morning just begin to worship him. We worship you, King Jesus. As you're worshiping and every eye is closed, if you're here this morning and you need to be reminded that he chooses you and that he's kind and that you need to make your way back to him, this is a perfect time. All you've got to do is tell him, King Jesus, I'm coming home. Confess it with your mouth. Confess it with your heart and it'll be done. Today can be the first day of the rest of your life. For the rest of you, I'm going to have you seed into other miracles. Reach over and put your hand on someone to your right and to your left if you can. And just begin to pray over them. God knows what they need right now, right now. Just begin to pray for them. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you leaders and others that are move among these people, begin to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you. King Jesus, we thank you that you are perfectly compassionate and perfectly kind and powerful and just. We thank you, Lord for what you've spoken to our church, but what you've spoken to us individually as well. As you were in days of past to your sons and daughters, so will you be with us. We are not an exception to the rule. We are not exempt from that kind of friendship and that kind of miraculous power. We thank you, Lord God. We give you praise and honor right now. And Lord, I ask for those that came down here, Lord, that need to be reminded of your kindness and your goodness. Lord, baptize them. Baptize them in remembrance. Lord, send them signs and symbols 
in ordinary ways, in extraordinary ways, that you do love them, that Jesus loves them, that you, Father, love us. As Lisa said to Missy, you say to us today, you are braver than you think you are. You are smarter than you think you are. And even when you think you can't do enough, you can't go fast enough, you, Lord, will slow down that which chases us. And you will silence those things. Lord, we pray for those.